General Kenobi. Welcome to the first ever episode of Hello There, a Star Wars podcast, your weekly show for all things Star Wars. My name is Anthony Palm. With me is my good friend, Nate Hicks. Uh, we got a great show lined up for you today, including our perspectives on the viewing order for the entire Star Wars saga, our general thoughts on The Last Jedi, and uh, we're going to discuss some fantastic bonus content that was dropped alongside its home video release. Uh, before we drop into the show proper, let's give a little background to ourselves. Nate, you want to take it off? Yeah, sure. Um, like most all of you Star Wars fans, I started watching when I was just a tyke, probably about, I think I was about one, and then my mom put on Empire Strikes Back, and she thought I was going to be scared by the Wampa, and I was just, I just was glued to the TV for, for, you know, who knows how long, and fast forward to 22, 21 years later, uh, I'm still in love with Star Wars as much as I've ever been, um, there, I, let's see. I would like to consider myself a big, a very big Star Wars nerd or fan. Um, I haven't gone too deep into like the EU stuff. I used to read a lot of the uh, EU books whenever I was a kid, but now I mostly just stick with just reading wikis and things like that. Um, let's see. You probably should have went first because <laughs> trying to uh, <laughs> having trouble finding my words here. No, that's all right. It's the first episode. So, yeah, for me, my background's kind of similar. You know, I watched Star Wars a lot. As a kid, it was just always kind of on. I never really thought about until recently, like the past year or so, how much Star Wars really was in my life when I was very little. I had Mm -hmm. a ton of Lego sets. I remember I I got the Slave One Lego set for, I think it was was either Christmas or, uh, I'm pretty sure it was Christmas. And I built it in like five seconds. Like my uncle couldn't believe like how fast I built the Slave One Lego set. So I just I always had Star Wars in my life. Uh, I remember um, actually funny story. A lot of times people ask me like, "What's the first movie to like ever freak you out? Like, what's the first horror movie to ever scare you?" And for me, it's not a horror movie that scared the shit out of me. It was a um, it was Star Wars. You know, the original Star Wars. It was A New Hope, and it was the scene where Luke comes home to you know to the Lars homestead and uncle Lars and aunt Beru are just totally scorched alive by the you know by the the stormtroopers sand troopers and i just i was like i don't know four or five when i first saw that when i was little and it just terrified me so yeah uh, it's 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 funny that that that's kind of like my first like quote unquote scary moment in films um, yeah it's but funny Wars, because i go ahead got, it's funny because I remember that scene very well, watching it over and over again as a kid, and I, I remember it never bothered me, and it, it honestly wasn't until probably three years ago, whenever I showed my wife, sat down and showed her all of the Star Wars movies, and we got to A New Hope, and that scene popped up, and I'm just like, that was a lot darker than I remember. I was like, you see just straight burning skeletons and everything. I, I, yeah, like they're I, just, I just totally, they're just totally scorched, so... Um, yeah, that was, that was <laughs> a big part of... Um, me, you know my life growing up i remember yeah. i had the uh, i had not the original 80s millennium falcon obviously because i wasn't born in the 80s uh 91 baby but i did have the remake of the millennium falcon and i had the at uh toy uh and that was uh it was cool because i didn't have an actual like airspeeder toy but i had the airspeeder lego so i used yeah. to like it would be like crossing the streams between the two of them so i would use like my lego airspeeder to take down my like realistic looking at when i was little yeah. so um yeah i mean I, I we wouldn't be doing this podcast if we weren't huge star yeah. wars fans uh, but just re- real I mean- quick what 
I don't want to say what's your favorite, but what's like your go-to? Which movie is, is the one you always put on, like like without thinking? You're just like, I want to put a Star Wars movie on, and you just put it on. Um, my 100% my all-time favorite is is Empire. Um, if I was to pick one to just put on, like just kind of to have in the background, um, it probably would be Revenge of the Sith, just because um, Empire. I see myself, you know an adult now i see myself wanting to just sit down and enjoy and soak in all the movie is because i mean i i've seen it i don't know how many times but there's parts of it i still don't remember and it's always a nice refreshing thing to do whereas revenge of the sith i love it you know we can talk about this more into the viewing order but um it's one of those that i can definitely put on in the background and just just listen and actually uh because of a podcast you recommended to me the you know rebel force radio's uh, Star Wars Oxygen series. I've been listening to that as well. And the episode that was playing, that I was listening to today, was going over tracks from Empire. And to, to show a similarity between alternate tracks, they played like a good amount of a clip from uh, whenever Han is on uh, Hoth base and they're trying to, he's trying to leave. And it's one of those that I was listening to it and I, I, I was like, I've seen these movies so many times that I could honestly listen to the dialogue as a podcast. And be able just to picture the movie just fine, and it was just kind of it was it was kind of a weird moment. I was like, "Huh." Yeah, I had. Uh, I think it was. What was I? It might have been Revenge of the Sith. I had it on about a week or two ago, maybe maybe two weeks ago, and I was totally like not paying attention at all. Like I was, I was on my phone. I think I might have been mid talking to Tay, and then out of nowhere, I just hummed the exact music cue. To, yeah. <laughs> to the to the part that came it was um when when grievous when they introduced grievous on his uh on his flagship in the beginning uh-huh. of revenge of the sith and it's and it's the that part yeah and i just out of nowhere like i wasn't even paying attention wasn't looking at it anything <laughs> i just did it along with it and i was like whoa I was like, <laughs> so that that's when i kind of knew i was like i need to do something more with star wars than just talk about it to myself yeah, yeah, and it's and it's funny. I I for a while, you know, Star Wars means a lot to me. I mean, I have several tattoos on my body dedicated to Star Wars, and um, it's just it's just something that's been a huge part of my life. But it's it's funny that I I didn't realize it until you suggested that show to me, and I started listening to it. Just how much deep down I really love Star Wars and how much it means to me. Because for a while, you know, I just was going to school and you know was working and. It was one of those that I wasn't as obsessed with it as whenever I was a kid, but listening to that brought back all those memories and brought back my love and appreciation for my, my favorite series. Yeah, of all time. and that's that's kind of what I wanted to do with this podcast is I want to talk about our love for it. I want to dig deep and find the little minute little things that we love about it. Because what I noticed, aside from Rebel Force Radio, which I love that show. And uh, I, I wanted to make sure I gave them a shout out because even though they'll probably never hear this anyways, um, they they've inspired me in so many ways between their influences mm-hmm. series with uh, Paul Bateman, with Oxygen, with David W. Collins, and then just the main show proper with Jimmy uh, Jimmy Mack and Jason Swank. They've just inspired mm-hmm. me so much. But they are more a news show though, and this show I want to be more just focused on the specific aspects of in-universe Star Wars. So we're not going to so yeah. much talk. We'll probably like we're going to talk about the, the deleted. Uh, scenes from the last Jedi home release, but I want to talk more in universe than commentary on the business side of Star Wars. Like we'll we'll right. bring up like oh like this person was was you know uh, appointed as director of the next whatever movie. We'll we'll mention that type of stuff. But I want to get more into the universe type stuff, um, and that kind of goes back to. Uh, what I was going to say earlier was a lot of podcasts I was listening to outside of Rebel Force Radio, they're very surface level. They're very like, oh, I like Star Wars. What about Star Wars? Oh, I like the scene where Luke fights Vader. Okay. Like, that. that's cool. And and yeah, I don't want to take anything away from those people that talk about it, but I want to get into the nitty gritty. I want to talk about like the models that George Lucas used for Utapau, and I want to talk about the way that the the shield generators were designed on Naboo, and I want to talk about, you know, like the the Ralph McQuarrie art in the background of Cloud City and Empire. You know, what I mean, I want to get into it. I don't want to just yeah. talk surface level type stuff, and that's I think what what we want to do with this podcast. So um, let's get into it, man. 
Uh, let's start. Segment one this week is going to be our preferred viewing order for the saga. Now, you and I, I think, disagree on this. So, um, uh, we have, you know, it's it's a personal preference, definitely. We um, definitely need to discuss this because you brought it up, and I was like, wait, clarify for me. And then we're like, all right, we'll just save it for the show. So, so what what is your preferred preferred viewing order? So I prefer in universe chronologically, not by release date. Reason being, the thing with me is, it, I think it's the the saga aspect of it. I do the same thing with the Lord of the Rings trilogy, where I have to watch Fellowship, then Two Towers, then Return of uh, uh, Return of the King. I almost said Return of the Jedi. Um, yeah. There's only one return, and it's of the Jedi. <laughs> yeah, uh, clerk servants. But uh, yeah, it's just something about that where, like, I, I just like for some reason it's an OCD where I have to watch things in order. So now I'll watch I'll watch Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, Rogue One, uh, Star Wars, you know, New Hope, and then Empire Jedi, Force Awakens, Last Jedi. Uh, Solo is gonna be <laughs> in there somewhere soon. Um, but yeah, that, it's I don't know if it's an OCD thing. I don't know if it's just I like to start from the beginning. Um, I would say maybe for new people, I would have to read the room with the type of person they are, and then maybe I'll be like, all right, start with the original trilogy. But if it's someone that I know has an open mind to it or someone that's seen it before, I'll be like, yo, we got to start from the beginning. Like, we got to start from Phantom Menace. So, and I know you you don't feel that way, so. Well, uh, as long as I've watched Star Wars, I've only ever watched original, then prequel, you know, uh, four, five, six, and then one, two, three. And it's not something I did for a specific reason. It's just how I watched them. It's it's how I knew of them. And so when um, when I decided to show my wife uh, the saga before we went to go see The Force Awakens, I was like, you know what? Let's try something different. Let's watch it chronologically. And I think for her that was a good thing because uh, we finished episode one and she was like, that was pretty good. And I was like, huh, okay. We might not have a problem here then. Because I know, like, one and two are a lot of people's like oh you know i don't know about those but well let's just be upfront um, about it people don't like the prequels i no, actually yeah, they i don't. really enjoy the prequels i take them for what they are you know what i mean i'm not like they're not perfect by any means i have a lot of problems with the prequels i'm not trying to say that they are you know they, they are far from perfect but i do adore them I think that a lot of the reason why people don't like episode one in particular is because it's the whole, you know, um, Jedi came out in 83, right? And then there yep. was a long period of time where I'm really good with dates for some reason. I've always been able to do that. But, um, you know, Phantom, Phantom Menace came out in 99. And so there's that uh, about 10 year long gap between the star Wars movies or yeah, expectation was just overwhelming. And then whenever it got to it, a lot of people were like, Oh, but nowadays I think it's just cause it's cool to hate on the prequels, you know? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, people did have issues with it back in the day. I was nine when it came out. So I just yeah. liked it. I was like, the powered race was awesome. And the, the fight with that horned red guy and Qui-Gon Jinn was awesome. You know what I mean? Like back then I was just, I was nine years old, you know? Yeah. Um, I actually saw actually eight years old i actually had a birthday party at the movie theater to see phantom menace so i remember when phantom menace came out um i was living in a different place and i remember having all the toys like um i had gotten do you i don't know if you remember do you remember they sold that like foam disc shooting probe droid that came with qui-gon's lightsaber <laughs> i it think had, i do remember that that's it had like a stand i used to have i, I never to, would have remembered that if you never mentioned that just now yeah, but that's hilarious I, I used to have so many different star i actually didn't have a whole lot of figures or legos i had mostly just like like the role play stuff because that's what i really enjoyed but um i had going back i had the um it was the naboo uh like the, oh the one uh, they're, when they're the, sneaking around and it comes with the uh it comes with the little like land speeder that they're that they're uh, like just like cruising down in, and it has like Obi Wan and and uh, and Qui Gon, and then there's like a little archway. Are you talking about Padme's ship that you had, the Naboo? No, no, Starfighter? it wasn't a ship ship. It was like a little land. It was like really small, like a little land speeder. It was uh, very. Okay. It was like a little playset. It was really tiny. I got you. I got you. Uh, I I I think I had the the uh, Naboo <laughs> yellow. Uh, space fighter. I oh, think I, that's that yeah. I definitely one had one of those too. Actually, I had I had a cat when I was little that we we took in. It was a rescue, 
and I think we were fostering it. I don't even, I don't remember clearly because we didn't have it for long. I think we were just fostering it, and it like hissed at me when I was trying to get it, and I dropped it, and it and it like um, didn't break, but it like the the tail of it bent, and I got so mad. Those Nuku okay, Starfighters I... were cool, man. People gave them too much crap. Uh, are you talking about the design of them? Yeah, I thought the designs were pretty cool. I think the designs, like... We never the saw them again after that... we saw them. Uh, Phantom Menace, they were in it, you know, quite a bit, obviously. Yeah. And then it was in the opening sequence of Attack of the Clones, escorting Padme. And yeah. then that was it. And I don't think we ever... We never saw them again, I don't think. The movies aside, I love everything design-wise in the prequel movies. Everything about them is awesome you know from from the lightsaber designs from the set designs from the creatures every everything you can tell that the prequels were made with a labor of love you I mean you really can't there it's one of those that i mean you have talked about it before about how it's it's not cool how much hate people still have for the prequels and it's not like it's nuanced hate it's just blanket fuck these these movies fucking suck yeah oh, it's yeah. like that's that's the problem I have is, and that's what I want to kind of set as a precedent for this podcast is I'm not above being critical of the movies. Like I want to be critical. Like, yeah, there's mo there's a lot of moments of really, you know, wooden acting in the prequels, but I also think there's a lot to love about the prequels. I think some of John Williams yeah. best work was in the prequels, uh, in the some scores. John and, Williams, I, and I think, yeah, the, I think the, the prequel trip, so, some Sorry. of the cinematography. It's okay. Uh, some of the cinematography is just gorgeous in the prequels, and yep. a lot of the prequel stuff is is models. People think it's CGI because of the way it's shot. It's just yeah. shot on digital. That's why it looks very different. But a lot of it is all models. Yeah. And people people mistake that for being bad CGI, and it's just you know it's it, it's it's easy to hate on them, and I understand that, and and I don't want to poo poo those people. I mean, I, I just wish they would have more of an open mind. You know. Yeah. But so back to the back to the viewing order. So your your OG trilogy, then prequels. Now, how do you do it now? Now that we have two sequel movies out, as well as as well as an anthology movie in Rogue One, how do you kind of recalibrate that viewing order? Well, what for me, I it's think easy. Gonna, I just go in order. Yeah. Well, what I think I'm going to do because I haven't I haven't sat down and watched all of them since I sat down with my wife and showed and showed her all of them before the force awakens. I've seen the force awakens recently. Cause I watched it before the last Jedi. Um, what I would like to do, especially because listening to star Wars oxygen, I've been really wanting to go back and watch a new hope and empire. So what I think I'm going to do is I think I'm going to, um, start with rogue one and then go four five, six. And then I uh, like, I, I might watch the prequels after the fact, but uh, I, I want to try this just to see how Rogue One fits in because I feel like it's going to fit in pretty well. But for me, especially doing the chronological a few years ago, I'm just like, I don't like this. Like I, I, it, it, I enjoy it better as flashbacks. You know, I like watching the prequels, seeing, this, seeing them talk about stuff that's happened, and then later on seeing that those events actually happen. You know, I like that contrast. I, I don't. I, I don't know. See, I, I've wanted to mess around with the machete order a little bit, and I, it's kind of a modified machete order See? for me. I, li I, I like the idea of watching Phantom Menace and the Attack of the Clones, and then watching A New Hope, knowing like, oh, the Clone War started, and then you uh -huh. cut to old Obi Wan's, and and you know, Leia is you fought my you you served my father during the Clone Wars. And it's kind of yeah. like, oh, what happened? And then you watch Empire just because it's an extension. And then you go back to Revenge of the Sith. And for someone, I, 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 like, I wish that I could, for, like, I wish that I could have for one day just, like, forget that I've seen the Star Wars movies and do this. Because I want to know what it's like to see one, two, four, five, hear Yoda say, wait, there is another. Then watch Revenge of the Sith, see that Leia and Luke are brother and sister, and find out that way instead of finding out from Luke saying it to Leia in Return of the Jedi. That's what I wish I could do for the first time. There's a part of me that wants to do that with my kids whenever I eventually have kids. Because, I mean, I'm they're not going to not watch Star Wars. I mean, I've already we already talked about that. I'm like, I'm going to grow these kids up on Star Wars. But that's something I may do. But at the same time, I don't know if I, I would want to because then they would think that that's how, you know, that's how they would be. 
you know, with, uh, oh, why does this one look newer and this one's older? Now, they're probably not going to be old enough at the time I'm showing yeah, them that they're going to notice that. I was going to say, they're not even going to notice the difference at the age I'm going to show but, my... But, um, yeah, I... I have. I also haven't watched four, five, six, and then now seven, eight. I haven't done that yet, but um, I don't know. I, I I might do that soon. I haven't really put that on my plate yet. Right now, I'm trying to uh, watch as much as I can of Rebels, which I still have to start. So that's kind of on my. Yeah, Rebels is good. You got to get through right that now. so we could talk about that on the podcast too, because yeah, I really enjoyed Rebels. I don't know if I enjoyed it more or less than Clone Wars because I adore Clone Wars, um, but I, just as a separate statement, I love Rebels. That's and something I would like to do is go back and watch Clone Wars and watch only the ones. There's a couple things. There's there's a list that has them in chronological order that you can watch, which I'm that that might that be was okay. the one thing is like there's like the Battle of Christophsis wasn't the first battle you know what I mean like there's the battle of yeah. Christophsis in the movie but then there's another battle of Christophsis in the middle of the show in like season two I think yeah or season one yeah it's all out of order it's very weird yeah very well weird I would like to go do. back and watch the episode that I need to and not watch the filler ones because I love the Clone Wars like I watched the first two seasons on on air and then I went back uh, a couple years ago and just finished the series on Netflix but I remember after probably it was season five, I was starting to be like, all right, there's a lot of filler episodes that I've seen recently. Like there was way too many it, droids episodes in that last season. Yes, the last yes. like before before the lost episodes, there was like that one, the true last season that was on TV. There was like a three episode arc of like droids. I'm like, what yes, is going on uh, here? Yes, with the, the the little frog dude. Yeah, yeah. I that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. like if this was like season two, it might have been like whatever. But I'm like, yeah. dude, let's go somewhere. Like we're getting towards the end of the Clone Wars, you know? Yeah. But there's so the much fun. good that's in Clone Wars. Yeah, like um, my favorite episode arc was whenever they went to that uh, Force planet. Oh, and Mortis! Yeah, the Mortis saw, trilogy. That's you, that's you like a universal favorite. Yeah, you literally saw the the uh, premonition of Anakin becoming Vader, and of course it's got Sam Witwer in there, which makes it even better. I there's a, there's a couple of things I want to ask you about Mortis, but I think we both should go rewatch it and then maybe talk about it. Maybe that'll be a topic for yeah. next week. Because there's yeah. some there's some questions I want to bring back up for Mortis, and actually, mm, watch Rebels first. <laughs> okay, okay. Watch, watch Rebels first. Okay. Um, yeah. Funny enough, the last point, and then we'll switch to segment two. Uh, I just want to just regarding the Clone Wars. You want to know how I watched the Clone Wars seasons? I think two and three. Was wow. I watched them on Netflix before Netflix had streaming services. I would rent oh one disc at a time. I would watch. I would rent one disc at a time. It would be four episodes on each disc. I would watch all four episodes that in one sitting. Lame. And I would. It was actually kind of cool in a way because I would watch all four episodes right in a row, bang it out because it was like, I don't know, an hour and twenty minutes to watch all four episodes, and then I would watch all of the bonus footage for it. There was like behind the scenes and like it was Dave Filoni saying, "Oh, we gave Obi Wan and Anakin this coat because it resembles Han Solo's coat in Empire Strikes Back." And these, th- we did this. You know, what I mean? there's a lot of cool behind the scenes stuff that's not on Netflix. But why four um, episodes? Which I do that's have the, only the box thing I'm sets. Curious about because it was just DVDs and they probably just might it might have been six maybe, but it was it was yeah. not a lot of episodes on one disc because they were DVDs back in the day. Because it was, I mean, before Blu-ray, really. I mean, yeah. Blu-ray was around, I think, but they were, you know, I didn't. Maybe I did rent it on Blu-ray. I don't remember. That's but how I, just, I did. Breaking I rented Bad, it though. on the on the Netflix like disc service. Yeah, like it, it was when they first started dabbling with streaming, but there wasn't anything really good on it yet. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I just thought that was funny. Like that's how I watched the Clone Wars back in the day. Was I rented the discs from Netflix? <laughs> I would watch them like four episodes at a time. Um, so yeah, so let's move on to segment two, and this is going to be the Last Jedi general discussion. So this movie came out. This past December, mm-hmm. and it is now April 2018, mm-hmm. and now we have it on home video. Unlike when we were kids and movies would take a year and a half to come out on home video, right, it's out right. three months later. So uh, I, I've watched it. I've only watched it once all the way through on home video. Um, how many times have you watched it so far? Um, only once as well. I've seen, well, I've seen it twice um, in total, but once on home video. Okay, I've seen it three times in theaters and then once on home video so i've seen it four times total so where do you want to start with this <laughs> let's just kind of keep it general we can go more in depth maybe next week 
Um, but yeah. just surface surface level to start off with. Um, what yeah, did you think I'll, about the Last Jedi? Well, well, first off, I would like to say I have a ton of notes on the Last Jedi. Like I had a bunch I took right after I watched, and then some after I did the rewatch. Um, when I watched the Last Jedi, now to preface. Uh, went to the midnight launch for both midnight release for both Last Jedi and Force Awakens. Force Awakens, I guess, because it had that extra push of it's it's been ten years exactly since we've had another Star Wars movie. So there's all this hype for it. Like the inline crowd was awesome. We actually met friends who were dressed up as Anakin, and um, she was dressed up as like some sort of bounty hunter. And uh, we we still talked, and we still go see Star Wars movies together, but. Was she dressed up? Was she dressed up as Aura Singh? No, she was not. I know she wasn't Aura Singh. I just don't remember. She told me what it was. I just didn't remember. But he was like, was it spot one of like the spot. video game ones or something? Yeah, I think so. He was spot for spot Anakin. I mean, you know. And then they had nice. it was actually Cole actually was Anakin uh, or Hayden Anakin. Uh, Hayden Anakin and uh, Revenge okay. of the Sith Anakin. But I actually okay, tell the story because it's funny. They had some um, uh, Ultra Sabers, lightsabers, just the the stunt ones, but they were super bright. And so, like, they had the, the sabers taken off of the hilt, and, you know, they had the cover tech clip belts on there. Anyway, so at one point when we were standing in line, they decided to go ahead and, like, I think someone asked, hey, are, do those work? And they were like, yeah. And so they put them on, and it was a sea of Star Wars nerds, two in particular who were wearing the Chewbacca uh, hooded onesie. They turn the lightsaber on, and it doesn't have any sound. You just hear them go, ooh. And then they, like, shut it off, and they were like, Ooh, like it was i've never <laughs> seen awesome. that in person someone would go Ooh, ah. but um we we sat there we watched the entire movie we walked out and we were on another level high it was just like oh my god that was a blast from start this to is finish force awakens you're saying correct correct okay all of us were like so excited we were so shocked you know from the whole han solo thing it was just it was a fantastic experience fast forward three years later we're going to see the last two years later we're going to see the last jedi and while i'm watching the movie i'm like oh man that's what okay like i'm doing that a lot and then we walked out and i was just more confused than anything i i legitimately didn't know how i felt i was like oh okay um all right but it definitely wasn't on that same level now i did want to go see it again i just never got the chance to because I knew that if I saw it again, knowing what was in it, my opinion would change in some capacity. So now it's on a home video. I watched it, I think, uh, two weeks ago. And I definitely enjoy it a lot more second time. Like, the second time I'm like, this is a Star Wars movie. Like, this is something that is, is laying the groundwork to make something special for this generation of viewers. And what's funny was, um, I before I saw The Last Jedi in theaters, I saw The Force Awakens. And that was probably the fourth time I'd seen The Force Awakens. And I remember finishing it and going, huh, that just feels kind of empty now. And then rewatching The Last Jedi, the way I see it in my mind is um, The Force Awakens is a good, awesome action, like, sequel Star Wars movie. And then to me, the Last Jedi is Star Wars, like it's in its DNA. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. So, my first impressions of the Last Jedi were a lot more positive than than other people's. Uh, first of all, the flying Leia thing, and and we're gonna just we're spoiling this. So if you haven't, yeah, yeah. I don't know what you're doing listening to this podcast if you haven't <laughs> seen the Last Jedi yet. So please go watch it if you haven't. Um, but the flying Leia thing. Did not bother me at all. I mean, she's the daughter of the Chosen One, the most powerful force-wielding being to ever exist that we know of on record. Um, and Kanan Jarrus in Rebels, this is a very, very light spoiler, uh, gets launched out of an airlock in Rebels. And he survives it. So if he can survive it, why can't the daughter of the Chosen One survive it and well, see that's say, not that's not the problem pe- i had the problem pe- i well, had well people will say like well well leia never had any force training that we knew of i'm like it's been 30 years like you don't think yeah. luke talked to her a little bit <laughs> like yeah. all luke had to do was say breathe just breathe like he does yeah. to ray and leia will get you know what i mean it's very very silly that people blew that out of proportion i had, well, I had no problems with that. i think a little bit of the way it looked it looked kind of similar to like Guardians of the Galaxy just came out a couple years ago. The first one, 
Yeah. And the scene where Peter Quill is in space and it's kind of yeah. crystallizing around him too. It looked similar-ish to that. I think that's more the 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 kind of criticism I had of that scene is that it just looked very similar to Guardians. Yeah, I didn't um, have a problem with her using the Force at all. Like, that was one of those, oh, that was cool to see. Just the way it happened was just like, that's weird. That Why does she look like she's Supermaning? Actually, it wasn't until a week after that someone was talking about that and they were like, well, the reason why that is is because she's reaching out her hand to use the Force and the first thing that she connects with is the ship she just got blown out of. But since the ship is so large... It's that it gravitationally is going to pull her towards the object that she's trying to reach out to. Right, and that's that's what I was gonna say. So I'm glad you I'm glad yeah. you uh, ended up at that point. I was um, like, that makes sense. So I, I I you know it still in the rewatch kind of bugged me. Like, but at the same time, I don't know what else they could have done to show that. Yeah, I, it's it's fine for me. So it's, it's totally fine for me. Um, I was a little caught off guard by the the Luke Skywalker drinking the the green milk. I was like, that's weird, um, but it's not ruining my childhood like some people are saying. Like it's it it was weird, but it's whatever. Like it's it's fine. I was laughing my and ass then, off when I saw it the second time, especially yeah, was, when that creature like, looks over weird. and it's like, what are you yeah. doing? <laughs> yeah, I was like, it's a little weird, but it's 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 not a problem. Uh, it's not, I'm not gonna say it ruins it, it it destroys the idea of who Luke Skywalker is. You know, what I mean, it's 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 fine. Um, and then the Snoke scene when when Snoke dies when Kylo kills him, I was like cheering at that part. I was like, yeah, I like threw my fists up and everything. I was like, I, this is awesome. Why do people have a problem with Snoke dying? Like I thought it was so awesome that Kylo, like when when Snoke is you know, I cannot be betrayed. I cannot be beaten. Yeah. And then he's like, I see him turn into a lightsaber, and the, and then he and then Kylo gets him, and like I kind of saw it coming. I was like, oh, like. Kylo's gonna kill him. But Kylo's gonna yeah. figure out a way. Like before he started moving the lightsaber, I just kind of was like, he's gonna find a way to, to take out Snoke right now. And then when I saw the lightsaber start turning, I was like, oh my god, he's gonna do it. And then when it happened, I like I cheered. So I don't know why everyone else didn't like it. I thought it was dope. Well, I was in the camp with a lot of other people. Of uh, like, there's a statement that was made after the fact by someone on Twitter that was like, hey, Star Wars doesn't owe you any theories or anything that you might have like that you know that's that's not what they're listening to and i was like okay that makes sense because i was in the camp of i want to know who snoke is he's this all-powerful creature and so when i saw that scene in the theaters i kind of was just like what the like it it didn't really make a lot of sense to me i was just like and then the action scene was great but watching it again uh and i guess I guess really expectations are the biggest thing is not a lot of people expected to see anything that was in the last Jedi, but now that it's now that people have, and you go back and rewatch it, it's like, Oh, okay. Like now, now I know what I'm getting into, but watching it again, I loved that scene, especially when it gets and right. Andy to that circus cl- is so good as Snoke. Yep. But he especially when that he seen so well, in my opinion, like he is so much better as Snoke and yep. not that he just didn't really have a lot to work with in, in force awakens. I'm not saying yeah. he didn't do a good job, but in this movie, he just he looks like he seems like he's having so much fun playing Snoke. Same with I, I love Andy Serkis so much. He's yeah. like how he how he looks like he's just having so much fun playing Claw in Black yeah. Panther as well. Like he just you can tell he just loves these characters and he loves yeah. playing them. And but um, I just like I love like that like people were like, oh, Snoke was just a little bitch, but like I feel like that one scene where Kylo goes to stand up to him and Snoke just blasts him with the lightning, like like just out of nowhere. And yeah. I was like, oh, Snoke's not. So, um, I'm sure we'll get a backstory in a comic or, or a yeah. novelization or not a novelization that's out. Um, like just a, you know, a, a book. Um, but I'm not super worried about it. We do know um, and I don't have a source on this, so if I'm wrong, someone let me know, but from what I've heard is that Snoke existed during the original trilogy and that Palpatine was aware that he existed but he didn't know him personally like he didn't know of Snoke he just knew that there was this force wielding being out there yeah. so Snoke's I don't think he's a protege or anything I think he's just someone that just took advantage of a situation yeah um, but yeah um, I, I, I'm kind of okay with I mean I mean, Snoke is just a means to an end really it's, it's yeah. all about Kylo and Rey at this point we'll, we'll see they wrapped it up so beautifully like in the cli- like right before the climax of that action, he's sitting there going, "I can see him turning his saber," 
igniting it, killing his one true enemy, and then it just ignites and it kills Snoke. And it's and like watching it again, I was like, I see Kylo taking control, and it's fucking awesome. Like it, it I, I was really in shock when that happened, even though I'd seen it before, because I paid attention to what happened before that scene and the dialogue and the actions, and it was just like, it was so beautifully shot, edited together, and just performed. Like it's, and then you bookend it with that probably one of the best fight scenes in the entire series in my opinion Ugh, that scene is just amazing I'm starting to really really love Kylo's lightsaber not that I didn't like it but it's I was I was originally when they revealed it before we even knew who Kylo was I was like it was just you know a guy in a black costume igniting this weird broadsword with a hilt made out of you know, Kyber. Yeah. I was like, that's weird. Like that's, I don't know what they're doing with that. That's kind of weird. Well, well something that's cool. It's like, I, I love that saber now. Like it just, yeah. it looks, it looks and just feels so heavy in the way Adam driver wields it. Like the way he, he does the kind of spin moves with it and everything. Like, it just looks so cool. I don't know what it is about it. I yeah. Just, that's I the reason really, why he's really so thick is because he's spinning that lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> that lightsaber is so heavy. Like I talked to you about this the other day about how, uh, the new technique they're using to capture the lightsaber scenes are they're they're basically using force effects lightsabers but obviously they're heavier duty but it gives them the weight and so they're not like as much as i love the prequels and i love revenge of the sith you go back and watch those lightsaber battles compared to the ones that we've seen in this new trilogy and it's night and day like they're not they're they're not like sometimes fat blue beam of lightsaber just spinning across the screen like it's 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 precise and for kylo's his lightsaber feels just like a broadsword so it's heavy so he has to he has to use it in that specific way like you would a broadsword you can't just it's not a glowing i'm sorry it's not a green screen stick on a lightsaber hilt that you just quack 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 around i mean it's right because they used very very thin kind of just prop sabers in the original trilogy and then uh and prequels whereas these like you said they're yeah like they're yeah exactly yeah you just said it so yeah Um, but something i don't know if you paid attention to i i saw it on the rewatch the flashback scenes with luke and kylo when luke tried to kill kylo yeah if you notice i noticed on the third time they showed it that the blue lightsaber that kylo is using is the light is the lightsaber he has now it's just been gutted and added onto Really, I didn't notice that. I gotta go. Yeah, look it's back the that. it's the same exact saber. It just is chrome, but you can see that it looks. That's and and that's what's cool to me. Because I do is get that's the why sense of Kylo's lightsaber that there's there's parts on it. Yeah, like it, he like added it's stuff been kind to of, it. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, I, I do kind of thinking back, just like in my mind's eye, thinking of what Kylo's saber looks like. I can kind of see that. And unfortunately, one of the few things I don't like in this new canon a lot is apparently turning a kyber crystal red to get that red sith blade it's this uh, it's again don't quote me here but from what i understand it's the kyber crystal crying or something something like that that. and i really hope that's not actually canon that's what i heard um but so if if that is really like how you get a red blade for like a sith by turning it evil um then I can understand like why his is so like cackly and and needs exhaust ports essentially for the the hilt, you know. Yeah. Totally did not think of the the uh, cross guard like that. Totally did not think about it like it being an exhaust. That makes a lot of sense. Huh. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's what it is, but I, I thought that would make sense for it. So it's it's producing so much raw power, it needs to be able to let out some of that pressure. Huh. Yeah, so there's a lot to talk about for the Last Jedi. Uh, we are running a little long now because I want, I do want to get to the, the deleted scenes. Mm. Um, so let's put a pin in our Last Jedi thoughts. There, we kind of just, like I said, scratched the surface on it. I want to get really deep into it. I want to talk about Canto Bite, what we did and didn't like about it. We're, we're don't yeah. worry, we're gonna talk about what we didn't like as well. But I do want to try and find some positives out of it. Yeah, uh, I did really like. I really liked the Fathiers, and I, I feel like I'm one of the only people that did. But I really, I really I love the Fathiers. Mostly because they remind me of my cat, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. So let's put a pin in Last Jedi for now. We'll talk more about that next week. 
I do want to talk about The Last Jedi deleted scenes now. So let me just pull up it. Now, you said you um, you took notes on those as well or no? I, I just got to pull I up took the notes. list of the deleted I scenes. I took notes on the deleted scenes. I didn't take notes on the like featurettes they had, which, like I told you, maybe it's just because I, I've i grown... Okay, another reason why I love Star Wars. Instead of just rewatching the movies over and over again, I would have on repeat the behind the scenes for like the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy. So I remember there being a lot, a lot, a lot of content on the prequel trilogy DVDs. And watching this one, there was like three featurettes, an hour-long documentary thing with Ryan Johnson and Mark Hamill, and then the deleted scenes. And I was like, well, 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 I mean, like I watched the featurettes and the deleted scenes in like two hours. Yeah, there's not really a lot compared to the old uh, old ones, especially like I remember when the Blu-ray re- release originally came out. Mm-hmm. That was uh, what like 2010, I want to say, maybe, maybe 2011. 2011. 2011. That was the original yeah. one, the the box with Anakin and Luke kind of walking opposite directions yeah. on Tatooine. I love that box so much more than the the the, the newer one the is Vader just a picture one. of Vader. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. okay. I mean I liked our Vader, but I, I'm so glad I have that original box for the for the collection i bought it the day up like i i think i got i think that was payday um or if it came out on maybe it came out on a tuesday so it must have been like the tuesday after payday and i'm coming into work i'm like yeah i'm not gonna waste any money this week and then i saw the giant uh like end cap display of star wars on blu-ray and i was like ah crap i'm spending 100 bucks right now <laughs> so I, yeah um, well i, just, I, I love, that. I love that box if it makes you feel any better, I have the Darth Vader version, the the collection for like eighty nine bucks. And then after I saw what the um, Last Jedi's Best Buy Steelbook was, I was like, "All right, cool. I'm gonna buy the rest of them." And so the only one I don't have is Rogue One, but I have Force Awakens, uh, the original See, six. Interestingly enough, I I bought Rogue One the Steelbook, but I didn't buy the Steelbook for Force Awakens. Uh-huh. So when it came to buying Last Jedi, I was like, I think I just need to buy the non-steelbook of Last Jedi, and then I'll buy the steelbooks of the anthology ones, because yeah. I have all non-steelbooks for the saga movies, and I was like, all right, I'll, I'll buy steelbooks for the anthology movies so that those go together, and then the saga movies, yeah. I'll get the normal ones. Um, but yeah, so that was, that was a quick, uh, I digress. Um, so let's get into these extras. So we okay. have uh, Andy Circus Live, which is, it's essentially just a behind the scenes on the Snoke scene with Rey. Didn't watch that either. I watched the Snoke. I watched the Ooh. small featurette with Snoke, but I didn't watch the Andy Circus live. There's one that's like Snoke in light or something like that, and that's the one I watched. But I yeah, didn't so, watch Andy so this live. one it's it's just him doing the performance, but it's Andy Circus. It's not like it's before right. they added in Snoke after the fact. Um, so I thought that was very good. It it just shows off. I mean, there's not really a lot to say about it other than just it, it shows off Andy Circus's acting chops as you know i mean mocap actors are actors they're they're yep. acting especially someone like andy circus it's capturing all of his facial kind of expressions and everything and so they do a side by side of like andy's face and then snoke's face and it's he's just i love andy circus he's just so fantastic uh, but yes i mean not, not much else to really talk about that other than it's just showing off how great of a, a mocap actor andy circus is um there was the the showdown on crate featurette it was that kind of was long cool. honestly it was a lot longer than i thought it was going to be for that featurette uh it shows how they made like the red mist anytime the ski um the ski speeders would like kind of shoot the mist up when they're driving uh flying around you know the at uh what are they called the atacts are from rogue one what are these ones called i will you keep talking i'll look it up because they're they have like the gorilla fists I can't. I, I like. I knew it yesterday, and I can't remember it off the top of my head. I know the ATACTs were the ones in Rogue One. They're a little smaller than the original ATATs. Um, but it was. It showed that. It showed. Um, they talk about how they intentionally had ILM, like digitally paint, repaint, like where uh, Luke's footprints were, so that it didn't look like he was leaving footprints, because obviously he wasn't really there. Um, there's a lot ATM of behind the scenes. The what was it? M6. Okay. Yeah, I knew it. I just couldn't remember what I meant. Um, yeah, what else did they show in this this behind the scene? They showed the they showed the the whole like Luke showdown, and they showed they showed um, I think they showed one one training featurette. Because um, I remember there being some behind the scenes like saber use, but uh, they 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 did show one for Octo for them for them doing 
the scenes there. But yeah, I remember. Th- I know there's about three or four featurettes, and then the director and Jedi documentary, and then there's the behind the scenes. Or, or the, I'm sorry, the deleted scenes. Yeah. So yeah, I mean the featurettes, they just kind of, it's it's cool, but it's more just behind the scenes stuff. Um, it, it's kind of hard to talk about it without actually seeing it up. So uh, go check them out yeah. if you haven't watched them yet. It, there's some pretty cool behind the scenes stuff in this movie. Like Nate said, I just kind of wish there's a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so let's get into the deleted scene. So let's start with um, the caretaker village. <laughs> so Luke tells Ray that uh, there are there's a neighboring uh, island where where uh, people come and pillage <laughs> the caretakers. And um, so Ray is essentially like, we need to go help them. And Luke's like, a real Jedi wouldn't go help them right now because a real Jedi knows that they're not going to be here a month from now when they come back with even greater forces. And Ray's like, screw that, I'm going. And so she sprints all the way down. She barges through, lightsaber, you know, ignited. And then she sees it's just a party. And Chewie yeah. and R2 are like in the back and they're just like hanging out. And the caretakers are like telling her and she like she waves the lightsaber and then um so it's it's a cute little scene it shows her get mad at at luke at the end and luke's like we got i, I didn't realize you would run off so fast so yeah it's cute, that, that's cute one of the things scene. about about his performance in that scene is i feel like that would have added a lot more to the luke character in the last jedi honestly i mean it, it's would have given him a, a little more him. a little more yeah. humor you know like a little more like yeah. It, it, he wouldn't have been so brooding, I feel like. Which yeah, uh, and I think I think Mark did an amazing job in this movie. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it would have gave him a little more levity. Uh, just be like, what you ran off so fast. Yeah. Um. So there's another deleted scene. It's just an egregious amount of Canto bite. Yeah. <laughs> it's just. Yeah. But I, I I do like it in a way though because it reminds me of the Cantina scene. In that is exactly what I wrote down. Where exactly it's like, okay, this, this is cool. Show off some of these. Because the, a problem that I had with The Force Awakens is in Maz's Cantina, they don't really get up close and show any of the aliens. It's just kind of yeah. a quick a quick run through, and then it zooms up to Maz, and then she goes, Han Solo! And yeah. then that's kind of it. You don't really see any of the aliens. You see, like, the, the Hask triplets, like, real quick. And then you see, um, what's his name, Captain Nathano? The, the red guy that looks like a, he looks like, yeah. looks like Saren from Mass Effect. But that's really it, you know. And so this deleted scene is cool because you get to see a lot of those. The downside is it's just an egregious amount of Canto Bite, and we got a lot of Canto Bite in the movie as it is. So um, yeah. I almost would have rather them add this and then cut some of the other stuff. But Yep, that's exactly um, what I wrote down, too. There, there's actually two um, Canto Bite deleted scenes. There's an extended chase scene. Oh, and that was way too long. That was way yeah, too way long. Yeah, way we'll, too we'll fucking long. We'll get to that long. in a minute, yeah. but yeah, that was... The biggest that problem honestly, I have with that scene is that we saw... There's just a Fathir that just gets blown off the ledge, and I'm like, no, yeah. I don't want... Like, I'm glad they didn't keep this in. I don't want to see a Fathir yeah. die. Well, it's also one of those that if I would have seen that in the movie, in the theater, I probably would have gotten... Like, seeing what the actual scene is and seeing this, I probably would have gotten pissed seeing that scene because it was really long amount of that. But yeah, I, I agree with very, you very that... Long. The it, it's called the costumes and creatures of Canto Bite was the uh, second one. I honestly would have preferred if they would have played that one for that one instead of the opening to Canto Bite that they showed, because it feels a lot more like a cantina show off scene. Exactly. And I think it, exactly. I think it would have worked a lot better in the movie than the one that they actually went with. Well, I told them not to park that that show yeah, over that, there on yeah, that, that public was... beach. It's, it's, ugh. We'll, we'll talk about Canto Bite next week. I don't, don't want to, yeah. you know, I don't want to get into it. Um, so the next one, it's Finn and Rose, and it's them escaping uh, Snoke's Dreadnought. Mm-hmm. And it's Finn basically, like, Rose is like, hey, we can go wherever we want now. And she's like, well, where are we going? She says that kind of implying, like, hey, Finn, are we just going to bounce? And he's like we're going back to where we belong and they're looking at crate. And then that's, that leads into the shot of them flying into the, into the, uh, the hangar bay on crate. It gives a little perspective to that. Cause when I was watching it, you know, in the movie, the way it's edited, it's, it just looks like yeah, just an it's weird. trying to fly into the yeah. base. So uh, it, was, it was a little jarring. So this kind of, I feel like this, this was such a short scene. I feel like they, yeah, I don't know in. why. Yeah. They could have left that in there. It would have made a lot more sense. 
It's it's um, one of those that you see them escaping, and then you don't think anything about it. And then there's all, all of a sudden the shuttle that lands in that base on crate, and it's like, oh wait, it's Rose and Finn. Which like I, I get you want to give that tension of like, uh oh, there's Imperials in the base. Oh, never mind, it's Finn and and Rose, but so. I, I thought it would have worked. This next one, I am a little glad they kept it out, though. It's uh, Ray and Chewie, and they're flying around uh, the giant rock formation where, you know, the base is inside on Crate. Uh-huh. And it's during uh, the siege where Luke comes out, and they're blasting, and, you know, Kylo is like, point every gun that you have at that man. And it's, you know, when they're blasting him, and it's just a giant cloud of, of red salt. Yeah. And then this, it's just Ray and Chewie fly over, and she's like, oh, maybe not go that way, or like something like that. Yeah. And it was just kind of cheeky. And I feel like yeah. it would have taken a little bit out of that moment. So I can understand that's probably why that got cut. It's like, if this is a serious moment, let's not have this like little zinger right here. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's funny agree. to watch as a, as a deleted scene. Like, that's a perfect deleted scene. But in yeah. the movie, I don't think it would have worked. And then the next one is the big one that we saw very early before the uh, before the actual video release came out. It was on IGN. It was on a lot of stuff. This was uh, an alternate edit to how Phasma kind of shows down with Finn. So this is after she gets after she falls down the giant chasm. She climbs back up. You could see like it's there's a close up on her eye after Finn smacked her with the with the thing before. And Finn rats her out like straight up like, oh, what would your soldiers think if they found out that you're the one that shut the shields down on on Star Killer? And Phasma is just like, oh, crap. And it shows her just kind of blast all the all four of the stormtroopers around her. And then uh, and then her and Finn obviously show off. I think this scene would have been so much better in the movie, too. It's very, very odd that they cut this. It's just like, Phasma just got the shaft, man. And she might still be alive for this third one. You never know. But yeah. I feel like she's, she got the shaft in this movie. This scene would have done so much more for her, I think. I agree to an extent. Because me and you saw the scene at the same time before the home release came out, and we're like, "Why wasn't this scene used?" Going back and rewatching it, though, I almost think that the scene that they went with fits better as a whole in the movie. Because as much as I really like that alternate scene, it almost just seems too much for that situation. Like it, it does it, seem I, kind of overkill. I, I can I can yeah. tell you there. I just like the way that Finn delivers Rebel Scum better in this in the deleted yeah. scene in the movie it's almost like breaking the fourth wall where he's like rebel scum like he knows that that's like a phrase that people that watch the movie use yeah whereas in yeah. this scene he says it as if he's actually like the delivery of it sounds more like he's actually saying it to phasma whereas in the movie it was it, like i said it felt kind of fourth wall breaking where he's like it was almost like like he was like and like winks at the camera you know like the way he's like rebel scum i'm like uh so I like the delivery yeah. of that more in that cutscene. But uh, other than that, yeah, I get what you mean, where it's kind of overkill. This next one was actually kind of cool. Uh, we'll start ch- uh, chunking through these kind of quicker now. Um, but the next one, it, this is Rose. When Rose and Finn are kind of, you know, set for execution, and Hux walks up to her, and <laughs> Rose bites Hux's finger, like, really, really hard. And then he just storms off and says, execute them, or whatever he says. Uh, that's cool. Uh, I mean, I, I get why it's just unnecessary, but it, it was a cool little deleted scene. I, I honestly didn't really care for that one too much. Yeah, like it's, it's fine. I'm fine that it got cut, but it's yeah. cool, I guess. Um, the next one was uh, Tom Hardy's appearance in it. God, that was, it was. I wasn't expecting it to be that. There's funny. no way I would have been okay with this being in the movie. I, w- though. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have either. No. Yeah, it's no like way. this was totally them just screwing around on set, and then Ryan's like, "Well, that, that was a waste of tape." But like, it, like it's funny. But if this was ever in the movie, it would have taken me out of it so much, especially like yeah. the southern accent. Like, uh, what are you doing? Yeah. Well, it's like the um, Daniel Craig one from The Force Awakens worked so perfectly. Like, because you, perfectly. A, you couldn't tell it was Daniel Craig unless yeah. you knew. B, it was just like it wasn't like this was like almost fourth wall breaking, uh, like like the yeah. last one, like two two scenes ago. Um, but I mean, it was cool. It's cool just to see that like they. Don't take it too seriously on the set. You know what I mean? Like, they're not above having cheeky little little cameos and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was that, oh, I told him not to land that shuttle. That, he was that guy. I don't know if you knew that. No, I didn't, but that, that I will probably hear that from now on. Yeah, G- uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, JGL himself. Um, this next one, I don't know if I remember this next one. What is, uh, it's Rose and Finn, and they're doing something. Um... Clearly, it's not that great if I don't remember it. I don't think. So I That's have cool. I I have them all broken down. Like I oh, have, this never mind. This is the extended Fathir 
chase. Oh, no, uh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Never mind. Okay. That's why I'm like, what is this? Okay. Um, now this next one, dude. This I'm so upset. This didn't make it into the movie. Where it's Finn and BB-8 just sitting down after Finn's woken up from like the back to bag thing that he's in. Yeah. And BB-8 is just showing a hologram of Ray at the end of Force Awakens, saying like, "We'll meet again, my friend. I know we will," or whatever. You know, I'm yeah. paraphrasing. And it's Finn. He sees that, and then he looks down at the beacon, and like that's when he decides, like, I gotta go save Ray. And I feel like this would have made Finn look so much better in the movie, because in the the way the movie was cut, it's like, oh, here's Finn just being a freaking coward again. And then he says, like, to Rose after you know afterwards, he's like, I need to save my friend. This is why. But this scene, it, like, it's it's a re- like Finn's really being a hero. He needs to go save Ray because Ray saved him. You know. Yeah, there's a part of me that I guess maybe the the way it was act, act I, I really don't know. There's a part of me that liked it a lot, but when I first watched it, I was like, eh, like I'm I'm okay with this not being in the movie. But I, I did watch it again the other day, and you're you're right. Like it would have made the connection between Ray and Finn a lot better in this movie because it kind of seems out of left field. Like it makes sense for him when he wakes up, it's like where's Ray? But like then nothing really else gets brought up about it. So if this scene was in the movie, it would give you. It was a just a clip. device to flash yeah. to Ray on Octo. Yeah. Um, so then there's another. There's a deleted scene of Paige, who is Rose's sister. Uh, Paige Tikoshu is in the bomber ship in the beginning, and it just shows her just in the gunner chair shooting down a guy. Her gun jams, and then there's a tie fire coming up, and then last second she unjams and blows it up, and then it's like. Then she looks down at her little medallion, like the same one that that uh, Rose has. It's it's a cute little scene. I, I get why it got cut. It was short. It was short enough. I would have been fine with it. But yeah, it, it's it's one of those that it was just kind of like a cool because it reminded me of the uh, turret scenes in A New Hope, kind of. Yeah. That okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Which there were a couple. Uh, you know, a bunch of those scenes at the end with Ray in the gunner chair. I loved seeing Chewie finally flying the Falcon himself. You know. Yeah. And like like Chewie was flying and Ray was a, was the gunner. You know. Uh, I mean, yeah. Chewie did fly at the end of Force Awakens 2. We didn't really see it. It just kind of, he picks him up after Finn got his back sliced. Um, and then the last one we'll talk about today is the alternate opening. What did you think about this? I'm I so don't curious know. to see what you think about I, it because I, I really think I like it better. I told, I honestly, I'm kind of in the same boat. I totally could have seen if that was the actual opening, I would have been totally fine with that. It's, it's. I don't know where I'm at on it because I like both. I like well. First off, going back to what we were talking about in the in the second segment, honestly, I think that the opening to the Last Jedi is one of the best openings in the entire Star Wars series. Really? Like, See, I, well, that, maybe it, that maybe we'll talk about that next week because I think Revenge yeah. of the Sith is is the best. I, was, I just yeah, love that as far opening as space battle. battle I, goes, I think music. this is a better one. I love the, the music I, during it. Yeah, yeah, that's, that that is fair. But so it's one of those that. You know, they kind of, for the most part, stay with the same kind of um, formula in the sense of, like, almost every intro starts in space. And, yeah, well, yeah, and, they all do. They, and then it pans down, and you see yeah. the ships. The thing I liked about this one, the alternate... I like the cold opening opening. I, I really do. Well, I, no, I liked how it pans down, you see the ships in space, and then uh-huh. it pans down again, and it's you're actually looking through a window in a spaceship. I thought that was so clever. And yeah. I feel like the one that we got in the movie, it pans down, you see the, the Resistance fleet, and it does this super hyper zoom into to the ground. And I, just, I was like, That's, that seems kind of more Star Trek-y than Star Wars to me. I don't yeah. know what it was about it. It, yeah, it felt yeah. very J.J. Abrams, honestly. And um, I don't know, I thought, this, I thought it was very cool the way it's like pans down, sees the ships, pans down, and then it, oh, it's, it's Finn. And I thought that was very clever. Yeah, I I can definitely be in the camp of this. I, I would like this opening better. The thing so. I do like about the the actual opening is I love the way that uh, when it's when it, it shows Billy Lord on yeah. uh, on the planet planet side, and she's like she's like we need to get these you know we need to evacuate like hurry, and then you see just like from like from the atmosphere you see the star destroyers coming out of hyperspace. Yeah, I just love I love the way that looks, and I, I also, star destroyers are my favorite ship. Yeah. In, uh, also, I really Wars. like how much Billy Lord was in this movie. Like, I like that she had a had a, a little bit bigger of a role than she did in The Force Awakens. Because yeah, I forgot I, that. I think they're. I think they're probably gonna, she. She's not going to be a huge character, but I think she'll definitely be more present in in Episode Nine. Yeah. 
Um, and I want to talk to you about Holdo too, but that's that'll be for next week because we're we're over an hour now, I think, or we're getting yeah. close to an hour. Um, so yeah, so that's going to wrap up our deleted scene discussion. Uh, there were versions of the deleted scenes with commentary on them. I didn't watch them yet. Um, I'm probably going to watch them this next week. If there's anything super interesting, maybe I'll bring them up again. But otherwise, that's probably going to put a pin in our deleted scene commentary. What I want to do is maybe go back and look at deleted scenes and behind the scenes of Force Awakens because I didn't really dig into it too much. And uh, maybe, really maybe see maybe see the difference, compare the difference uh, between The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. I will um, tell you right so off the bat that The Force Awakens one is, is better because I watched it before I saw The Last Jedi and they go into a lot of really cool techniques, one of which I'll just go ahead and tell you is they showed how they shot the... Um, forest scene and it is almost 100% practical the I think on, the uh, only on thing on Takadana yeah okay no 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 on um on the Starkiller base Starkiller base oh the snowy for- forest yeah oh, okay I was I was thinking like outside of Maz's castle okay that's cool yeah so we'll, uh, I'm definitely gonna go back and look at that um but let us know what you thought of these deleted scenes let us know uh, if you were content with them, if you wish there was more, let us know what you thought about Andy Serkis. Uh, let us know what you thought about the extended Fathier chase. Oh, boy. Oh, um, but so we're going to close out the episode with a segment that I am uh, I like to call the Weekly Holocron. Every week we'll be closing out Hello There with a segment we like to call the Weekly Holocron, where we highlight a random character, vehicle, planet, weapon, etc. from the Star Wars galaxy. Uh, this week I wanted to keep in line with the Last Jedi theme and talk a little bit about the Mandator 4 class Siege Dreadnought, which was the ship uh, commanded by Captain Moden Kennedy of the First Order in the opening sequence of the film. So this is the first time we've ever seen a, a ship this scale in uh, a Star Wars universe outside of obviously, you know, Starkiller base, but that's more of a base than it is an active yeah. ship. Um, so we saw this Dreadnought, and then obviously we saw Snoke's ship was even bigger than that, but... Yeah initially like in this movie it's like all right well hux has his star destroyers like watch out for the star destroyers like they're a threat but we've seen them before and like i said i I love the design of the star destroyers it's my favorite favorite ship design of any really any sci-fi or any you know just in general i just i love the way star destroyers look but so when this dreadnought shows up i'm like holy crap like like how are they like this thing is gonna blow up the like is that a like are those death star cannons on the bottom like it was just so massive it was just so like it it was just scary looking you know so what what did you think about this this dreadnought um i awesome uh the only thing i don't like about it is that it's the way they that they do the scene is it, everybody's freaking out? It's a dreadnought, but as a viewer, it's like, well, this is the first time I've ever, I've ever seen it. Like, yeah, it looks scary. What the does it do? Like, why is everybody so worried about it? So that that was my only complaint about how it felt like that was really thrown in, like in the sense of um, there wasn't like a walk in to it. Like there wasn't a discussion about which it d- didn't necessarily need. But you know, um, I think the design of it is is awesome. I love. Uh, Honestly, my favorite part about it is that whole scene, like when they start to do their bombing run on it. Um. Yeah, so this is uh, so ca- uh, captained by Captain Moden Kennedy. It's called the Fulminatrix, this, this specific ship. Uh, it was deployed with a fleet to destroy the Resistance base, which it did. Uh, but as it was retargeting command ship Radis, which was named after General Radis from Rogue One, uh, it was destroyed by Cobalt Squadron's MG ten, uh, MG one hundred, Star Fortress SF seventeen bombers. Um, what's cool about the, these ships is that it's basically like space artillery. <laughs> you know, like it's yep. it's literally like just it comes in like a battering ram, basically. With uh, it's got two orbital cannons mounted on the bottom. It's literally just like show up and punch a hole in this and then go away. Yep. Like that. Like that's what's so cool. Like like star destroyers. They're not the most maneuverable ships ever we've seen them crash into each other a million times between uh return of the jedi empire and uh, and clone wars and rogue one uh, so they're not the most maneuverable but they're certainly more agile than the dreadnought you know what i mean like, well, I, like think the, Star I, Destroyers I think the coolest are, what i was gonna say i think the coolest thing about the dreadnought in my opinion is just by looking at it and in its appearance you can see the functionality 
like I'm with you. I love the Star Destroyers too, but you know, I maybe because we see them so much, they're just a unified shape. Like there's, you know, they're that specific shape. Like yeah, they've got like you know turrets and things like that on it. But you can look at this picture, you can look at it in the movie and see. Okay, there is the. Um, it's called the orbital bombardment cannon. You can see the point you're talking about, like the battering ram. You can see uh, it just it looks like it's a functional piece of of Star Wars of a, of a Star Wars uh, weapon or a Star Wars ship, it, where it's not just some oh it's a pointy ship with a thing on top of it. Like it's like it's it not looks, just a cool design. It looks like it has a function to it. Yeah, exactly. It's it's very technical in its appearance. Yeah, plus it just looks rad. <laughs> yeah, so that's very the weekly so. holocron for you, the Mandator Four class Siege Dreadnought. Uh, hopefully, we see him more in the future. Maybe not Episode Nine, um, but maybe in some sort of animated series, or maybe uh, maybe Ryan Johnson's future series. We don't. Well, that would know be so disappointing when... if they don't, because they show a lot of really great tech and ships and designs in this movie. So it would be weird and honestly dumb, in my opinion, if further movies like episode nine or you know any other uh alternative or any other kind of content that they don't show any anything else like that like it'd be cool to see those dreadnoughts again it'd be cool to see those atm sixes again you know i don't think we're seeing the atm sixes again <laughs> yeah i don't think so either we might see another so dreadnought but yeah i don't think i don't think we're seeing another uh, atm six but that's gonna wrap up weekly holocron and that's also gonna wrap up hello there episode one Thank you for listening to the first ever episode of Hello There, Star Wars Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the discussion. Uh, if you have any suggestions for future topics on the show or simply want to give us your thoughts on anything we discussed this week, feel free to tweet or DM us. Uh, I'm at Anthony Palm. Nate's at Six Sticks, which is S-Y-C-S-T-I-C-K-17. That's spelled right? S-Y-C-S-T-I-X. No, S-Y-C-S-T-I-X-17. Yeah, you put that. I didn't put that. Six sticks. I know it, too, which is weird that I spelled it wrong. So, at S-Y-C-S-T-I-X-17. Or you can hit us up. We actually have a Twitter for the podcast. Now it's at Hello There Podcast. Hello There Pod? Hello There Podcast. I should have known this before we recorded. I think it's at Hello There Pod. Um, but just uh, just search for it. You'll find it. Or you can email us at hellotherepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, I'll check that daily. So just uh, let us know if you have any questions or if you just have any thoughts on anything. To confirm, it is at hellotherepod. You're a bold one, General Kenobi. May the force be with you. Thank you all. We will catch you next week.